0: another episode of the Black Women's Podcast. 3 three, let's switch this up. In today's episode, we're going to be doing the character analysis of the characters in The Color Purple. In this episode, we're going to look at a few characters we've been introduced to in the first 20 pages of the book. That is from page three to page 36. So if you've read that part of the book you haven't also introduced to these characters but I'm just going to be summarizing a few characteristics and a few notable things to take note of of the characters we've met. Starting with Celia. Celia is our main character and narrator of the book. She's the main author of this book through the many letters she writes to God. Due to the setting she's raised in a She's raised in a place that is very poor, therefore, she is poor. And due to the lack of belief in female education at the time, she's also uneducated. Celia has a very traumatizing personal history. Um, She was raped by her father. She has been, she was raped by her father constantly, if I may say. Because I want to say, I wanted to say she's being raped. That's incorrect because we've read past that part. She's already moved out of the house. So she was raped by her father. But it just recently stopped. So she was raped by her father. And she's also been pregnant a lot. And she's had these babies. But never been able to form a connection with them or name them. Because her father would take away the babies from a young age, not even at a young age, but from the moment they were birthed out of her, he'd take them away to God knows where, because she doesn't know where these babies go, whether they get killed or they get sold, she doesn't know where they go. And I just always think about how traumatizing that is, how traumatizing the fact that you're being raped by your father, firstly, you get pregnant by your father, and then, um just out of nowhere, not even out of nowhere you have this baby in your body for nine months for nine months you give birth to the baby in hopes that at least you can name it or you can have a connection it can know who you are but nope your father will just take that baby away sell it kill it whatever happens to the baby happens to the baby and it's not like she's had one she's had multiple pregnancies and that in its essence is so traumatizing and To add on that traumatizing personal history, she's now married to an abusive husband. His name is Mr. Celia's personality traits, she's a very reserved, not necessarily reserved, but passive person. She's a very passive, um, observant, very observant young lady. But also, in all of that, she's very insecure and lacks a lot of confidence. And she doesn't necessarily have a voice, an audible voice to speak, but as the book progresses, obviously, we'll come to see the development of her voice and her confidence. But currently in these letters, her voice and her solitude is in God and the fact that she's able to write these letters to God. Her lack of confidence derives from the fact that that she's endured so much abuse and all the emotional pain and insecurity that she experiences that all just feeds onto the seed of lack of confidence, and being abused has that kind of effect on the person, it has that silencing effect on a person. And when I think about Celia, when I just think about her in my mind's eye, and I just try to make her a person in my mind's eye, or like try form an actual face to this person, I see someone who's very not necessarily doesn't have a voice, but has been silenced. Were you silenced? And silenced. Has been silenced by these experiences. Firstly, because maybe because she thinks that she deserves this abuse. Because sometimes, especially her being uneducated, edu- she feels as if, oh, because I'm like this, and I'm like this, and I'm like this, and this is how, this is how I should be treated. This is what love feels like to me. I don't even love, but this is what it's supposed to be like. I know someone else has experienced it, and it's fine. Let me just move on. Let me just soldier on. And that has a silencing effect on a person. Or maybe she just cannot fathom what is happening around her. Because I always think, because she's a child also, must bear that in mind that she's very young, and she started being raped when she was really young. So as a child, sometimes you'll feel something that's wrong, but not know why it's wrong. So because you don't know why it's wrong, you just let it continue. I don't know, You just it just will continue because you're just like, I don't know why this feels wrong. No one's explained to me, this is how I grew up. But, you know, I'm just going to live. And that ha- abuse has that kind of mental um, yoke on someone. It has that kind of mental yoke on someone where you just are very quiet. But not necessarily quiet, but like very, this is how it's supposed to be. To silencing your fates, necessarily. And, yeah, man, obviously she's going to lack confidence. Obviously, my girl is going to lack confidence in all of that. So that's basically what she's like in the beginning chapters of this book. Our second character that we're introduced to, but not properly introduced to, is Nettie. We don't really know her full story, but what we do know about her is that she's Celia's youngest sister. Um, she was initially meant to marry Mr... But due to circumstances, she ran away, which is a testament to her bravery. She's a very brave person, because in those times in the Deep South, running away from the person you're meant to marry, or the person you're meant to marry, unheard of, honestly. Not to say unheard of, but out of character, out of culture, out of culture. You don't run away. Women don't do that. You're meant to go marry this person so you obey. So if you run away, it's, it's an act of rebellion, honestly. And it's like, whoa, out of character, out of culture. Um, her presence is often as a protector to Celia, even though she is younger than Celia, she often acts as the protector over Celia. She's highly integ- intelligent and from a young age has been completely enamored by the value and the concept of education and reading. There's also so much depth into Nettie and you can sense it in the first... When, when, when Celia writes about her in the first letters you can sense that there's so much more to her and I think we're still yet to get into it but as the book continues we will obviously get back to developing what this character is like and trying to figure out what her real story is who she really is. The third character we're introduced to is mister there's also a lot of depth to mister as the book continues but currently what we do know about him is that he's a reverend of the town he's a husband to celia he treats celia nothing less than an object i don't know if it's nothing less than an object or nothing more than an object don't those phrases just mean the same thing nothing less than an object so an object less than an object (laughs) I don't know how. What is the phrase? Nothing more than an object. Yeah, but he he treats her really badly. He beats her like an animal. It's described in the book. The beating she endures, and just imagine. Okay, I want you to put this in your in your eye, not necessarily in your eye, but imagine this situation. Imagine this scenario. You are Celia. You live in the Deep South. You are just you know this girl. Who takes care of the household at home. You're married off. Not even first option. Your second, your second option. So you're married off to this person. This person abuses you. He doesn't talk to you. Because he's a man of very little words. He's a reverend. So he doesn't say much. You know. He only speaks when spoken to. Or well, sometimes don't even speak to you. he will just sit on the porch. Smoke a cigarette. Period. And when you guys are trying to get intimate. Or... Trying to have intercourse. Because obviously he's a husband. He won't even look in your face. He won't even look in your eyes. Like that is. not gonna say crazy. But that is. It's so, it's so damaging. And I just always think for, Sierra, like, for Celia. like That is so damaging for a person's self esteem. Because that's what Mr. does. He doesn't look at her during intercourse. He doesn't touch her. He doesn't kiss her. She just gets beat. And she has to take care of the kids. And when it's time to have intercourse. She just has to lie down. You know it's just really sad to think about it's like her these like this beginning part it's really harsh you th- i think about it like that it's really harsh it's really like it's so unfair and it, it makes you wonder how many people live like this like you know how many people actually are going through situations like this or worse and for them, it's just become so and not, not that I'm saying for them, like I'm excluding myself from the, from the entire society or just looking down on people like that because that reality could be could potentially could occur to me because i'm not married yet, you know, but you just think about like how when you, when you, when you read the book it's like how much of a reality this is, even now, how people actually live these realities, where they're married to people who won't even touch them and but they marry these people i won't even look at them this man is looked at as a pastor not even pastor a reverend of the town highly respected mister but he treats his wife like a freaking doormat like he treats his wife really badly it makes you think like how many people have those stories how many people have those testaments I and mean, we need to actually hear more of this stuff. So we can necessarily learn and relate to each other as black women. And be able to educate each other on the fact that this is not right. That's not what love feels like. That's not what love is meant to be like. Like, get out of a situation like that. Have, Like, try grow yourself. Try love yourself. Fill yourself with the love the Lord gives you. Or you like i'm not gonna say the universe because i don't believe in the universe i believe the universe was created and the main creator is god so yeah fill your love fill your yourself up with love from the creator and be able to fill yourself with that love and if someone doesn't give you that same love back walk away from that situation be not even strong enough but let it just be str- second nature for you not to settle for something like that. Not to settle for someone who won't show you love the way you deserve so. And knowing what you deserve. As a black woman, knowing that I deserve to be treated like this because I am like this. Because I've, I've heard a lot of conversations. You know how I'm, I'm so sorry to divert from what we're talking about. But I really need to get this off my chest. I've noticed a lot of po- podcasts, male podcasts especially, they try to dumb down what women deserve saying that no you don't deserve this you don't deserve this how who are you to tell me what i deserve if i have been working on myself for this amount of time if i feel like my product is worth this much because of the amount of work that went into the amount of years amount of tears that went into growing myself into this person that you see into this strong person you see standing in front of you and my value is this much. Who are you to tell me that I don't deserve that? Who are you? And I think as black women, I don't even think, I have strong knowledge that as black women, we need to actually get to a point where we understand, know our value, and present it with no fear. Present our value with no fear. And if, you, and if you cannot accept it, move on. If you cannot accept the fact that I'm saying I deserve to be, I, deserved, I, I deserve more than the bare minimum. I deserve more than a bit i deserve more than i deserve to be treated like a queen i deserve to be respected i deserve all of this stuff and if you feel as if you feel as if me asking for what i deserve is just too much who am i move on and i should move on because clearly i'm not gonna I, 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 there's no negotiation it's not a negotiation love We're not negotiating, you know, this is what I deserve. And you feel as if you deserve a certain thing. And if I feel as if what you're deserving is too high for me and I can't provide that, I'm going to move on. That simple. That simple. So as as black women, we need to actually get to a point where we value ourselves. Firstly, we find value in ourselves. Firstly, we treat ourselves like rubies. We treat ourselves like gold. We know that we have actual knowledge that we are beautiful. Like, it's not something that someone has to tell you. You actually know this without a shadow of a doubt. You know the fact that I am beautiful. I deserve love. I deserve to be treated like the beautiful queen I am. I am beautiful. Every step I take, everywhere I go, people turn their eyes because they see beauty. They see this exotic beauty that exudes from me. And because I am black nothing is matched and you can't match my beauty you can't imitate it you try to you honestly try to but you cannot imitate the fact that i am a black woman who exudes this beauty who exudes purity who exudes this value and if i'm treated less than that if i'm treated like i'm trash i'm moving out from that i'm not a part of that conversation i'm not a part of conversations where people are gonna try to like force me to take away my statement of saying that I deserve something or trying to force me to take away my statement of saying that I'm valuable. Cause a lot of times a lot of people, men question like, why do you think you, you have this value? Because I, I know I am. It's not even that I think it's, I know I'm valuable. I know I am. I know I have a voice. I know I'm confident. I don't have to, I don't have to go around screaming that to the clouds. Cause it's something that I just know you see it in my walk, you see it in my talk. It's just something that I am. And yeah, I've, I've, I've diverted. I've taken a tangent so far. Um, Back to the character analysis. So our next character that um, we're introduced to is Suge Ivory. We're not properly introduced to Suge, Suge, but we know about her because she's been spoken about by these ladies at a yarn shop. She's described as a promiscuous woman, she's a beautiful black woman, she's glamorous, which is not a common attribute for women in the deep south. It is also hinted that she's having an affair with Mr. Which is not proven, but very much hinted. Our next character is Harpo. There is something about the character Harpo that I'm just so, I'm not gonna say attracted to, but I'm intrigued by. I'm just really intrigued by it, cause a lot of the times, um, when you think of a character like Harpo, you think of, a lot of the time when you think about it now, a lot of the time a lot of men would be like, oh he's gay, like you know, if you had to see a Hoppo, you'd be like, oh he's gay, like he's gay. But this is something about Harpo, because you know he's not gay, you know? You know he's not gay, because of the characteristics I'm going to explain. But you know he's not gay, but there's something that just, like, intrigued me about him. And in all honesty, the reason why I decided to have this entire episode and just try to figure out these characters from the beginning stages and the, fir- and the foundations of the, the book is because of Harpo. Because I kept reading, and I'm like, who is this Harpo? Like, why is he like this? Why, what is he like? I just went researching and I went trying to figure out who I can, who do I see when I think of Hoppo. And nonetheless, I didn't find anyone. There are a few people around me, my fr- not necessarily friends, but like male people that I know who are like Hoppo. But they don't show it because of the notion that you're gay if you're like this. So Hoppo is Mr's eldest son who's married to Sophia he defies the usual southern man stereotypes he enjoys domi- this this is how he defies it he enjoys domestic activities which is usually something which is uni- usually a feminine trait and done by the women in the south he shows a lot of compassion towards women in his life especially his wife sophia he thinks of himself as a failure due to the fact that he cannot he cannot be a stereotypical southern man by stereotypical southern man at the time in the 1980s he couldn't beat his wife Sophia he couldn't control her he couldn't stand up to her and there is a, a letter where Celia is, is visiting them and all of a sudden she hears thumping and glasses breaking everywhere and they're fighting him and Sophia are fighting as opposed to in a like not necessarily normal household but in a in a deep south black family household, the man is beating the woman. But she explains it as if, like, it's two grown men going at it. And they're both just fighting. And in Harper's, not necessarily defense, but in Harper's defense, in inverted commas, he doesn't know any better. Not necessarily doesn't know any better, but he knows what he's doing is wrong. He knows that he cannot do what he's doing. He's trying things. He's not meant to be trying. And... This is how you gain control. Let me try gain control so I can be the stereotype as a man. Let me be a man in my household. And he tries it with the wrong woman because Sophia is not a joke. We are going to explain her, but she's no joke. So Halpo tries to beat her, but because he's just not built for that lifestyle, he's just not made like that, obviously he falls short. And when he goes to speak to his father about the fact that I just can't control her. What must I do? I just don't know what to do. His father's like, beat her. And he's like, man, I tried. I tried and I failed. Because he had a blue eye. It was just, it's just not good. It's just really, um, it's not okay when I think of it. Not necessarily it's not okay, but it's, it's not okay to, uh, how do I say this? Mm. How do I say this? Because this characteristic trait, like this male trait is so... It's such a beautiful trait to have. Like a soft man. And by soft, I don't mean culture's or society's definition of soft. Because usually when people try to describe soft, they 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 say you're... I don't want to swear. But they say that you're like... You're gay, if I may say. Like you're the P word. your P word. P it rhymes with fussy, your P word. And it's like, no, like, this trait is, like if a man is able to cry, that man is in tune with these feelings. That man, that black man is in tune with how he feels. He's able to recognize the fact that a certain thing doesn't feel good to him. Therefore, I won't deflect. I won't run away from that feeling. I'll cry. Or I'll be sad. Or I'll be angry. Because sometimes men, black men, so sorry i don't know nothing about white men i ain't never i'm not a, a white woman so i ain't know nothing about no white man um but with black men with black men who i'm closely related to who i'm a sister to i'm an aunt to i notice that a lot of the times black men try to deflect their feelings and they try to coat it or they try to cover it with alcohol cover it with something else so they don't feel black men necessarily try to get away from feeling and that is a sign, in all honesty, if you're not able to handle and go headstrong against that, the, the, your feelings, that is a sign of weakness and your weakness will, will, will show a light when you're interacting or when it becomes too much. Which is why black men need to actually be able to go to therapy. They need to actually be able to show their soft side, be soft, be soft, cry, cry. Enjoy, have identity, understand what certain things trigger you and know that. And and it's not, it's not, it's not a notion of like, um, trying to be emasculating yourself. We're not saying emasculate yourself. You're still a man if you're able to cry. Crying is not a feminine attribute. It's a human thing. Crying is not something that P words do. It's a human attribute, we're meant to cry. We're meant to, when, when our hearts break, when we feel sadness, we're meant to cry. That's not something to run away from. So Harpo is so honest to his, feeling, to his feelings, and he doesn't hide the fact that he's hurting, but rather he'll cry when it comes to his mind. And I noticed this when he was crying about his mother who had passed away. He had a dream about his mother, and his mother was shot. And he cried. And at the time, like men, a black man, a, a typical deep South black man, in the 1980s, will deflect from that. Even though it hurts him so much, he'll deflect. He'll be like, nope, that don't hurt me. I'm, no, I'm a man. I don't cry. And we see it now like they're abusing women, raping women, not being able to stand up to the white man. What's that lure I mean, actually, not go there. But not being able to stand up for themselves due to the fact that they don't actually know their feelings. I don't know how they feel. And, yeah, that's basically Harper. I really love Hopper. I love his personality traits wholeheartedly our next character we're introduced to is Sophia she's the wife of Harpo she's strong-willed independent and an outspoken woman she's bigger in size and described as fierce she's very resistant to authority and intimidating in nature to Celia due to the fact that she doesn't hold her tongue and whatever she has to say she'll say so that's basically Sophia's personality traits and yeah And our last character that we're introduced to, well, it's the last character that I wanted to speak about because it's very short. What, like, he's alike is very short, so it's the last part of it. But also, we're introduced to him in the beginning. We just don't know his name. We know him as father. His name is Alfonso. Alfonso. He is Celia's and Nettie's father, to my knowledge. He rapes, abuses, and torments Celia emotionally until she moves out out of the house. He's a very harsh man, very authoritative. Um, You're typical abusive man. Typical abusive bad man. He's not good. Like, in this book, he's just not a good person. He's not a very good person. And in Celia's words, he's a very evil man. And yeah, it's basically not much depth there. There's not much depth going on there. It's basically what he's like. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you enjoyed the certain characters that were introduced to. I really hope that, like, as we continue to read the book, we, I really hope, like, as we continue to read the book, we're able to see the changes in the characters. I really can't wait for that. I'm so excited for it, but I can't wait to get to a point where we're actually seeing the changes or, like, seeing the character development and we're able to just talk about it. Um... Do go onto our Instagram page again at the Black Women's Podcast underscore, like, rate this podcast on Apple Podcast, follow on Spotify, follow on every pla- and any platform you're listening to this podcast to, follow or subscribe, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.